This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Forever. Dog. Rose and Jamie are two best friends. And they love sex and the city. And they couldn't help but wonder, do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, Emotions, Cheese, Dudes, so many every little dude. The dudes, and we couldn't help but wonder with Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee, and I'm Rose Rose Cerno, and this is Couldn't, couldn't Help But wonder. wonder, a podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to us. Jamie, hey. you're naturally gorgeous, but tonight oh. you're really rocking it. Thank you. That is so nice. Yeah. You're also rocking it. Oh, thanks. Yes. You've judged your eyebrows. <laughs> Do you think they're too much? I actually don't. I really like them. Okay. Yeah. I, I filled think... them in, but I didn't know if I like went a little too like daughter found her mom's makeup. Oh, no. It's not like opera levels. Like you drew on a mole or something. <laughs> it's not like Corolla DeVille. No, no, no. You still look like yourself. Okay. And I like it because I feel like uh, every time I've ever had my eyebrows like filled in with pencil, they always want to draw them on really dark. And actually my hair is quite light. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. And it looks so crazy. So when I see people who like can pull off dark eyebrows, I'm like, oh, it must be so nice because for me, I just look like a marionette. I just walk around and I just, I'm like, God, I'm so much better than everyone. Yeah. I mean, honestly, so let crazy. the world know. It's time they found, they found out. Jamie, who were you this week? Uh, I was Carrie, Carrie on a day date with Stanford, I would mm. say. Um, I went to see a movie with a group of people, which I haven't done in a long time. Fun. Highly underrated activity. That's I mean, so fun. what a great time, especially when that movie is Cats. Incredible. Guys, I, I, am, I actually don't have the best way to even talk about this because I'm still so baffled by that movie. But I went with comedians, which was great. I went with Emily Heller and Nate Fernald and Dan was there. It was like the best group. And Emily, I mean, we were crying with laughter. I laughed as hard at Cats as I did the first time I saw Anchorman in theaters. incredible. And yeah, there. I guess the reason I felt like Carrie is because there was sort of that I don't know. We were just like leaning into our snarkiness, which I feel like I don't do that often. And I was just like going full throttle, just being like a little asshole in the theater, just like laughing my head off. And there were people around who you could tell were like trying to take it seriously. But the majority of the theater was just dying laughing. And it felt like I was at like a Rocky Horror Picture Show thing. Like it felt like everyone was just being very interactive and no one was taking the movie seriously. And it was just really, really fun. It sounds like a blast. Did well, 
That's Have an you offline seen conversation. That movie? No, I was going to say, I was going to ask where you saw it, but none of our listeners care. So I'll ask you that later. Oh, I mean, actually, it's pretty funny because if you do live in L.A., we did see it at the Universal City City Walk <laughs> just to like make get it the, as cheesy yeah, as possible. It's just super corny. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's like this super touristy area with like, you know, a Skechers store and like lids and Wetzel's pretzels and Cinnabon. <laughs> like it's just like all the hits. It's just like a big corny outdoor mall. And it's so fantastic. That's and it's amazing. Just, guys, I mean, Cats is so bad that it is a cult classic. Was everyone in the audience on board with thinking that? Pretty much everyone. I would say 80% of the audience was laughing and there was definitely the 20% that was like, why are you laughing? This is a beautiful musical composition. Somebody turns around and is like, shh. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, shut up. Mr. Mistopheles is like having a moment. You know, I've never seen Cats. I've never heard the music, so I don't have any fun. I know it's cheesy and silly no the the fact that you say that is really interesting because I also feel like and I I have family in New York I went to New York a lot as a kid saw some Broadway shows heard about Broadway shows my grandmother loved Broadway I never heard anyone talk about cats I just knew the font great font I knew the sweatshirt a lot of people had the sweatshirt memory I've heard before and memory yeah that's it those are the things and then outside of that no one talks about it no one says that's my favorite musical I haven't heard anything Mm -hmm. and also if you notice there wasn't a movie there wasn't a cats movie yeah I always thought that was odd because it's like well most famous musicals do get turned into movies pretty quickly yeah that's true and it's been a real long time since cats debuted on Broadway and they're just making it like something's up and then when you see it you're like oh something's really up this is fucking out of control can't wait to see it you have Rose I'll go with you we got to go thrilled. You have to go in knowing that it's bad because if you go in trying to understand it, which no. is what I think Dan was trying to do, he really was trying to like give it the benefit of the doubt. And I was like, Dan, you have to just like let go and accept that this is bad. We were told in advance that this is like it's as bad as the room. Like it's that That's level. That's really fun. Yeah. Oh, I would want to see it at like 10 o'clock at night or oh, something. Yeah. We got to go. Yeah. Yeah. We okay. got to go. And I know neither of us are like we don't really smoke, but like maybe we should. I was thinking I was like I either an we edible should. or we're bringing a bottle of Prosecco. We got to do something. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to make it celebratory. OK, I'm into that. OK, great. Who were you? I was a um, Samantha this week. Mm-hmm. I've always been um Je ne sais bourgeois, mm-hmm. but as I age, it's really the bougie is just exploding. Oh, sure. And so, um, listeners, I'm 36 and I've noticed the last five months that my hair has thinned a lot. Um, hmm. Yeah. I mean, it still, I think, looks nice. You have such a beautiful haircut. Thank you. But she has a lob. Thank guys. you. But I've noticed when I part my hair that I see more scalp than I've ever seen before. Before, it was just like a tiny little line. Now I'm like, oh, hello, head. And there's certain ways I put my hair up. Everyone notices their own body of and course, things. Of course. And I've been seeing it in pictures. I'm like, oh, it looks like there's like a patch of my scalp. So obviously, I was like, holy shit, I need to deal with this. And the great news is it's 2020 and there's like a solution oh, yes. to everything. Times 10. There's probably lots of options. Literally, how did people... You know what people used to do? They used to actually age. Thank God we don't have to do that anymore. I'm so happy. You know, it's funny you say that because I was watching... Just random quick sidebar. I was watching Felicity. Yeah. And... When you watch it, she, she obviously had like, you know, big, buoyant, curly hair. Yeah. But every other like hot girl in that show has the 
thinnest hair. And I was like, oh, this is like pre everyone wearing extensions. Right. And having a wig. Yeah. Yeah. A wig or or some kind of, you know, something to bump it up and give it some volume. But it's fascinating. It was like an era and people's teeth were yellow and blemishes were showing because makeup wasn't as good. It's just like, I think we, yeah, but now, now we, now we're in an age where you can fix it. So you have to. Yeah. I mean, at least if you live in Los Angeles. Yes, 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 yes. I'm sure LA was the way ahead. That's what I'm saying though. This is Hollywood. This is a show that was made in Hollywood. And I'm like, oh, they didn't like make that person's like, I don't know. Their teeth. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I know. Okay. Anyways, get back to the, I want to hear more about this. So I was looking online. I started taking biotin, which fully doesn't work. And I have this amazing cosmetic dermatologist who does my Botox and who does my whole family. And he's like a literal magician. And I don't know who it was of my mom or my sister. And I was like, yeah, I don't know what to do about my hair. It's like thinning. And they were like, go see Mirazadeh. Um, and oh, I was like, love that name. Oh, yeah, he's Persian. Mm. And so I called their offices and I completely trust them. They've transformed everyone in my family's skin, like gorgeous. Amazing. So I called and I trust everyone who works there. I trust the receptionist and I called them and I was like, yo, this is what's going on with my hair. And they're like, oh, well, so rare to trust everyone in the office. They would tell me if it doesn't work. They'd be like, girl, don't do yeah. it. So I called yeah. the office In LA, ladies. there's so many. I've been to a couple of medical whatever cosmetic dermatologists and i'm like this these are these are like practically family friends okay like, that's great that's yeah, great that they're you gonna do that. my future daughters yeah botox sure. it's gonna be in the family right 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 yeah as soon as she's born we're uh-huh. just gonna like pierce your ears and send her slap yeah. on the botox yeah so basically um i called them and i was like i don't know if there's anything to do and they're like oh my god we do this treatment mm. called prp platement replacing Platement rich plasma, where they take blood out of your arm, they spin it in a machine that separates the plasma, which has like all these nutrients and is like amazing. And oh then my they God, just is stick like it a in your blood scalp. facial for That's your scalp. That's the same type of thing. Holy shit! And it's got all this amazing <gasps> stuff, and it just like promotes your hair growth. And they said that they've had like, like they're like you wouldn't believe the miracles that are like coming out of this thing. Like their clients are coming out with like thick, gorgeous hair, and it's like their own hair. Wow! So I'm obviously doing it. Um, and I was supposed Wait, to. Did you already do no, it? No, because I was okay, supposed to okay. do it this week. God, I just sound like because the- your hair looks very nice. Thanks. This is actually just my hair, which is yeah, nice. Your but- hair is nice. Thanks. Um, sorry, I just ate a seed. Apologies. Oh God. I know oh, the God. wrath is going to be huge. No. Sorry, sorry. Okay, but anyway, so I went to. I really sound like I'm like 600 years old, but I went to do the hair treatment. Yeah. He asked me like, what are you on? And I told him like, I'm on this antidepressant. I take these Chinese herbs for my back and my immune system. And he's like, oh, well, I don't know what's in those Chinese herbs. And so why don't you get off them for a week and then we'll do it because any little thing could, you know, I want this to be as effective as possible. And like, I don't know what's in the herbs you're taking. So mm-hmm. why don't we just like get you off them? But I just felt like a Samantha. Cause I was like, okay, well, while I'm here, let's just do some Botox. Yeah, like, sure. okay, well I can't do my scalp. Quick so, refresher. Yeah. I'm just like, God, I just, yeah. I've just become such a little like tiny purse, tiny dog. I you think, know. Yeah. I mean, you do get to an age though, where it's like, you know, I'm here. Yeah. You're here. And also it's like getting your nails done. Well, at this also point. I, I do think, and I wonder, I wonder if it, I was too young to even or we were too young to notice this, but I do feel like now when you go to the dermatologist, it is always a cosmetic dermatologist. Well, I only have a cosmetic. I don't no, have no, a regular no. one. That's yeah. my point. Is yeah. that like I, when I was a kid, I was going to the dermatologist for acne, but I'm like, did they always have all this stuff that they could do? No, to you? it's so new. It must be right. It's new. But I also think that like my, 
as it's become more common, like anything in culture, it becomes more chill. And again, I agree. It's more like normalized. Yeah. Like for people who don't live in LA, it might sound, I think for New Yorkers, Botox seems a little like high maintenance and crazy. They're not as crazy as we are here about it. Maybe some people. I don't think, I think Botox has become mostly normalized, but I think that when you get into like filling your lips, that's where New York is like, yikes. Well, and that stuff is more normalized out here. To me, before I ever did Botox, I was like, oh, my God. It's well, awful. it had a stigma. I mean, it's, sound, it's also it's a fucking it, toxin in your forehead. Like, don't care. Shoot no, me up. No, no. Me Now neither. that I do it, it's like getting my nails done. It's like, oh, I, have to, I forgot. Uh, sure. I got to go, like, sure. get my new contacts, get my Botox. Yeah. Tweeze my eyes, like, brows. But, my eyes. yeah, tweeze your eyes. <laughs> Take my eyeballs out of the sockets. <laughs> put them in their juggle case. Juggle them. Put them back. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. And I think the fact that it is at your dermatologist's office, it does feel like it's a routine thing and it's your doctor and it's like, I Listen, don't know, it feels, it. there's something kind of, and also for you, it's a family doctor, there's a coziness to it. Yeah, I'm just really happy because for any ladies out there whose hair is thinning, like I talked to Morazadeh and he's like, I have girls in their 20s coming in crying <gasps> because you can see their scalp and he's like, and if you have blonde hair, you can't see it as uh, much. If you have dark hair, yeah. you, your scalp really shows because- it's such a different color than yeah. your scalp. And it was just really nice because like I was reading like 60% of women like experience hair thinning and it's so much more stigmatized than men. Of course. And it's just so nice to know that there are things out there that will literally save your hair. He's like, he gave me this thing called Viviscal Pro, which is mm-hmm. like an intense nutrient for your hair. It's like sure. what bio is supposed, biotin is supposed to do. Yeah. So I have to take that twice a day. Okay. And then these drops that I put on my scalp. And he's like, these drops, he's like, if you use these drops, you'll never have less hair than you have now. Like you'll never, that's like amazing. It's like, it's like liquid Propecia. Yeah, but there's no weird side effects. It's like just on right. your scalp. So do they the, prescribe Propecia to women? I don't think so. Okay. But the good news is if anyone's listening and has hair that's a little thinner than it used to be, or if you just have thin hair, there are things you can do that don't have any creepy side effects. And, you know, for women, having thick, luscious hair is like really a big part of our like feeling sexy or feeling like viable. And like I was fully like, oh, well, one day maybe I'll just wear a wig. But it's nice to know that if you have some dollars, you don't have to. As I always say... Aging is expensive. That's all I can say. Being younger I, is cheaper. Uh, here, here. You can look great as you get older. It just costs something. I fully agree. And uh, I think that's very well said because I think From it's true. From a true Samantha. It just gets expensive. Yeah, you would look fucking fabulous. And I yeah. said to my, I said to Marazadeh, I said, if there's all this great stuff, why do people still look old? He's like, not everybody looks old. He's like, I have clients in their 60s. They look like they're in their 30s. <gasps> I don't believe that. I do. I don't believe that. I have to I I have to see the person they're talking about. I work for someone in their 50s who looks like they're in their 30s. I think it's possible. Wow. I think 10 years younger is definitely possible. Girl, don't I stop don't know believing. about 20. I want to believe. I'm not trying to be a cynic here. Gal. But you have to what, 60s worship- and 30s, that's a that is that's alarming, honestly. Worship at the Church of Mirazade and you'll see what's happening. Any okay. of our listeners who live in L.A. Mirage day. Oh, my God. Okay, well. And on any of our listeners who have hair thinning oh, issues, was, yeah. DM me and I'll help you. And also, have you heard, do you use topics? No. Have you heard of this? Mm-mm. It's, um, it's, uh, they have it at, like, whatever, makeup artists always have it on them. And it's, like, this little can and it has, like, a spout, almost looks like an oil can. And it's a dust 
that you can spray to that looks like the same color of your it's hair. It's unbelievable. It really does work. It's incredible. I know, but it's also I've nice had it to used. It's it looks. I, I'm not saying in place of what you're already but doing. But it's a nice little thing. But it's a nice boost. It's totally. like makeup it's for affordable. your scalp. Totally. Yes, exactly. I was just gonna look up Jamie if we wanted to share some of the great comments we got. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, so we uh, had that episode last week. James, you want to recap a little? Yeah, we had the episode where Samantha is dating Siobhan and uh, Siobhan's sister does not approve of their courtship. And there were some sort of sticky uh, racial undertones that were very sort of hard to digest and we all just kind of felt uncomfortable but we were also interested in what you guys thought and everybody uh, seemed to have a different reaction but it was a really nice sort of jumping off point to start a dialogue about it and we really appreciate everybody commenting on the Instagram and sending us DMs Um, it was just really great to be able to discuss that episode with you guys yeah so thank you so much I'm just going to read one of the comments Jamie might read another just because These are comments that, you know, as we said, there were things that we could weigh in on, but we wanted your opinion. Yes. So for the other listeners, not everyone follows us on Instagram. How dare you? So for those that didn't, I want you to know what the dialogue is. So I'll read this one, James, and I'll give it to you and you'll read the next one. Okay. So this is from Nadia Koenig. Very, very awesome. Thank you for commenting, Nadia. She says, hi, babes, listener of color here. I know you asked for input on today's episode. Uh Uh-oh. I feel bad saying this because this is giving myself a compliment. I thought Rose was pretty spot on. Who, me? I Thank you, uh, Nadia. I understand why black women can feel for a split second a little bothered by a black man with a white woman because it's sometimes a big reminder of the fact that black women in America are already often seen as the less appealing choice in comparison to white women. Fucking ridiculous that we are seen that way, obviously. But I do think anyone, regardless of race, who gets that angry at someone dating outside of their race needs some sort of therapy because that type of reaction is never warranted and there's no excuse for it so that said oh so that bothered me for many reasons his sister sounded like an idiot because him being with a white woman shouldn't matter and the writers made black people look very one-dimensional once again not all of us care if people date outside their race nor would we physically fight someone over literally nothing overall the scene was hard to watch altogether and i personally could not care less how many black men date white women love is love also love you ladies so do you want to read the um yeah. Maya's. Yeah, I will. I was just going to say uh someone commented, "Oh yeah, it was at Kaylen at K A I A L L E N." She brought up a really great point which I also can't oh, right. believe I didn't mention on the podcast, but when they're fighting in the club and Siobhan keeps saying, keep it real, keep it real, keep it real. I know. That's what he's saying to try and like break up the fight. It was so gross. And I just. No, it's I, like the most out of touch. I, I just it's funny that we didn't think to just mention it, but we were talking about so many other things within the scene. But that alone is just like very cringy. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so yes. Read Maya's. Yeah, I'm going to read Maya's. Yeah. Um, OK. Maya dot. Maharaj mm-hmm. is that right okay uh maya dot maharaj black woman listener here i like to pretend this episode never happened because it's so uncomfortable for me to watch there's a lot of different reasons why some black people don't want other black people to date white people some of them more reasonable than others one that comes to mind in particular is that sometimes when black men date non-black women, they use it as leverage to be cruel to us. I wish they'd explained more about 
why Adina was so adamant about her brother not dating white women. By not exploring it more and having Adina instigate fisticuffs over it, ridiculous plus unrealistic, they paint her as an irrational, angry black woman who is mean to poor old Lily White Samantha, not to mention all the other gross racial undertones that take place throughout the ep, but I cannot expect much from a mostly white writer's room at a premium cable network in the 1990s. I mean, it's just so true. Yeah. I also like that you mentioned the premium cable network because, yeah, I think that um, that was particularly an issue there. And we got a lot of DMs from you guys. And, you know, just thank you so much because we know our blind spots and it's it's great to hear feedback. And I think everyone, all of our listeners of all colors are on board with that episode being highly problematic. So, again, thanks for weighing in and always keeping us honest. Yeah, uh, we really, really appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, Okay, cool. Well, uh, let's get into today's episode. We're talking season three, episode eight, The Big Time. Things kick off with Carrie lamenting the brutal nine to five hours of New York's dry cleaners because one of them has a very important dress of hers and she wasn't able to pick it up before they closed. She was wearing such a cute little mini skirt with purple tights. Oh, I loved that look. It was really sexy. It was like monochromatic. It was so good. It's like My Little Pony. I know. It really was. So many, so many good looks. Charlotte, meanwhile, is really hitting it off with Trey, the doctor who picked her up on the street in the last episode. They're making out, they're hitting the town, but they are not sleeping together. She's doing everything but because she thinks Trey could be the one and she doesn't want to rush things. While Charlotte's holding out for Trey, Carrie's basically let Aiden move in. They're spending every free second they have together in bed, including meals. And over at Samantha's new place, she meets her neighbor, Len Schneider. Oh, my God. This <laughs> casting was so good. Oh, my God. His wispy little ponytail. He needs PRP for oh that pony. Oh, my God. Oh, 
He's like the saddest little Len thing. Len Schneider. He's like supposed to be like a Jewish nerd. Oh my god, he was hysterical. That's he like actors hysterical. Unbelievable. They he, also they also position the ponytail so wonderfully every moment he's on screen. Like it's, it's like just over the, the shoulder. Frame. Like you can never not see <laughs> not it see if he's pwn. on screen, yeah. which is great. A great job, art director. He's an older guy who comes on strong, ponytail and all. Samantha's not into him, but Len's not the type to take her no thanks for an answer. Samantha narrowly escapes, but she walks right into even more bad news. Somehow she's landed on a pre-menopause mailing list. This is a catalog for premenopausal women. New transitions. Nice name. Why don't they call it what it is? J. Crew for women who are drying up. FYI, I am not transitioning. I am happening. So you just got on the wrong mailing list. I knew I shouldn't have signed up for that three-month Mirabella trial subscription. Last year, I bought a back pillow online and ended up with all these catalogs for trusses. You bought a back pillow? Yeah, at I'mGettingOld.com. Hmm, maybe I can interest you in some vaginal lubrication suppositories. Hmm. Listen to this. Sometime in the 10 years before menopause, you may experience symptoms including all-month-long PMS, fluid retention, insomnia, depression, hot flashes, or irregular periods. Mm-hmm. On the plus side, people start to give up their seats to you on the bus. <gasps> oh my God! Vagina weights. Honey, my vagina weights for no man. Look at uh, this. The Kegel Master. What's a Kegel muscle? It helps you stay tight down there. And I have one? If you have to ask, you haven't been doing your exercises. What exercises? All you have to do to stay tight is to tighten and release it for 10 minutes a day. Kegel exercises. I'm doing mine right now. Man, she's good. Well, I, for one, can't wait for menopause. Do you realize how freeing it'll be not to have our periods? Ugh, I can't wait till Flo stops coming to town. No one calls it Flo. I think my grandmother did. Does Miranda really feel that way? I can't possibly imagine. Yeah. But she sell she sold it like she meant it. Well, She's Miranda's- like, oh, I can't wait to have menopause. It's like, yeah, I mean, getting a period is super, super draining, and it definitely puts a damper on my week once a month. <laughs> so three weeks out of the year. I mean, three weeks out of the month I feel okay, and one I don't. But uh, I still am happy I get one. No, I think I think not getting a period anymore is going to be like retiring. You just feel like, who am I now? Like, it feels like this chap. It just feels like your youth is fucking over. Like, I think it's going to be really emotional. I do, too. And not only is it emotional, it some of the symptoms are that you get emotional, like your hormones are changing. So it makes it even harder than just accepting the fact that it's happening. Okay, guys, I don't want me to sound like such a drag, but it's like. Oh, God, there are just so many things that we don't even know that are coming, like dry vaginas. And oh, like, yeah. Our future is going to be cuckoo. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? What is this catalog? What because was Mirabella it, and what's a truss? Yeah. Oh, there's so many questions. <laughs> you know, this is like when I was at Cats and they kept saying Jellico cats. And I'm like, what the fuck's a Jellico? You'll you'll know what it means when we go see it together. Yeah. She was but, saying, oh, my Mirabella subscription. No, what's I, that? It sounds well, for a second, I thought it was a type of medication. Mm. I don't, I don't know. know. And then she said, oh, I ordered back medication and now I'm getting ads for trusses. Yeah. What? There were a lot of terms being thrown around, and I, I did look up Mirabella, and I, I couldn't quite find much on it. I think I found like a spa Here, named Mirabella. Trust. Okay. Trust. Uh, yeah, this conversation in general, now that I'm listening back to it, it's 
you know, I get it. Where it's sort of okay. We're talking about how aging is scary, and you know what? You know, like mm. you said, Rose, what's coming for oh. us all? Um, but <laughs> I don't really understand why they had. I thought this was kind of an odd episode for her. I thought that this was an odd conversation to place in this episode because I don't, without giving away what happens later, I don't really see how this ties in. I have to say that is a wonderful note from Jamie. Really. Jamie's a writer and that's a writer's note because this has come up a lot of times three of the stories will be linked and then one oftentimes Samantha will just have this dangly story that doesn't connect. Yeah, that's a weird. The only reason it's weird is because a lot of the other stories will connect and then hers will be like and then a wacky thing. Yes. And also this just feels like such a broad discussion. Like, yes, they're mentioning specifics, you know, the Kegels thing and talking about menopause but then it just feels very general i feel like if you and i were to have a conversation about aging which we kind of had yeah i feel like it'd be more like well this is how i'm dealing with it or these are my specific fears i wouldn't be like well i don't mind if i don't get a period bye bye cramps it's like come on like these very cavalier it's also because these women are so honest and they're so in touch and they're saying the things about being a woman and the female experience that nobody else on tv was saying and then they have this like generic ass conversation yeah it's like for a multicam it's not even it's like for an it's not a cbs show it's like it's like peg bundy or something it doesn't and then not that that was on cbs and obviously that was a great show we all love she's a queen we we are literally obsessed that's Um, not a great example but no jamie you're right because this could potentially be a really yeah they played it for laughs because then they're after this um there's a scene where samantha goes in the bathroom and is like i have something to tell you i'm older and everyone pretends to be surprised they play this for laughs where sometimes like for example i thought the episodes 20s versus 30s was like so fucking poignant and like right amazing also great title it was just great it was just really good yeah this on the other hand is just played for laughs instead of a real conversation just so i can take this phone out of my hand just so everyone knows a truss is a surgical appliance worn to support a hernia it's like a padded belt okay so that's what a truss is i think that that they're being very jokey because maybe for the younger ladies it feels far off i mean my mom got her menopause in her early 40s which is terrifying to me because i'm 36 so like Hmm. my early 40s is like not far away some people get it in their 50s like it can kind of come i think it's a range of times yes and it seems to happen sort of gradually It's not like one month you just don't like in this episode. It's like she literally thinks she's just going to like stop getting her period. It's like, no, it's going to taper off. Like it doesn't just disappear one month like a pregnancy. How old do you think Samantha's supposed to be on the show? No matter what, how old she was, is she supposed to be? Well, this is season three. And I'm thinking like, you know, 40s or something. I think I'm I feel I'm feeling a 44. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. So it's because the others are ranging from 34. Five to 37 at this point. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Around there. Yeah. I think menopause is going to feel, I think menopause is going to feel uh, really, not physically. I think menopause is going to be harder for me emotionally than physically. I also feel that way. Yeah. But I do think that the physical symptoms of how it fucks with your hormones is going to make it even harder, which is terrifying. Well, basically, I'm still devastated that people don't say anymore to me. Oh, it doesn't matter. You're just a baby. You have your whole life. Like, oh, I, I missed that. I haven't heard that in decades. Me neither. <laughs> it's like now I say something. They're like, well, you really got to get on that because 
Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like oh. time's a ticket. Yeah. It's a lot of like, gotta. Yeah. yeah well, wow. I can see what you mean. Yeah. I can see why you're worried. That would stress me out too. Totally. <laughs> I know. I miss the I baby. I miss you're just a baby. You're just a baby. I want to be a baby. You've got again. your whole life ahead. It's like you've got like, half of your life ahead of you depending on how long you live you've got a quarter of your life ahead of you depending on how you've lived quite a lot already i'm not gonna lie i can see it in your posture in your face i would be able to see it on your face if you were poor oh my god okay so well anyways um yes okay so moving on after drinks Carrie makes another attempt to get her dress because she's got to get to a launch party for the hot new magazine called Gab. Her dry cleaner, however, is very strict about their hours and she's out of luck yet again. She'll just have to gab it up with a different fabulous look. I have to say this felt like a weak storyline. I'm just going to say 100%. the dry cleaner. It's this, also this not true. Kind of a, it's not true. Dry cleaners are open late in New York. It's not it also true. It just wasn't like a big deal either way. Who cares? You also, she's a closet full of dream you, Yeah, you have Kim K's closet. Like, you have lots of options. There you go. Okay. Steve and Miranda head out for a peaceful bowl of noodles, only to find their meal interrupted by a screaming baby. Miranda has no patience, but Steve doesn't really mind. In fact, the crying tyke gives him an idea. What if they had a baby? Yes, they've only been living together for a few months, but hey, it could be fun. Miranda's not convinced. I also like love that Steve wants a kid and that's totally legit. But even when someone wants a kid, they don't want it when someone's screaming. No. They want it when it's being cute. Yes. This whole scene was so wild to me because like as Miranda's expressing that that is crazy. Steve's whole pitch is crazy. She's doing it. They are one table away from the crying baby and the couple with the crying baby. And she's doing it full volume. Full so like, volume complaining about how this kid 100%. sucks. Yeah. It's like the least subtle, like, could you take it outside? And the kid was staring at them. 100%. Like, he knew he was being talked about. 100%. Yeah. Also, like, not to be a bitch, but, like, wasn't that cute of a kid? <laughs> I'm like, he was, you know. He was fine. He was fine. He was, like, above the cute meter. Yes. But he wasn't, like, a 10 on the Kinsey no, they, cute they clearly, they clearly wanted Josh, kid. but they got Matt because Josh was booked out. All I'm saying <laughs> is if you're going to have a kid that's supposed to make me want a kid, that kid has to be basically an anime cartoon. Yeah. All eyes. Yeah. No nose. Just two little yeah, dots. Just peepers. Yeah. Peepers and lashes. So Carrie tries to get Aiden to hit the gab launch with her, but it's not really his scene. So she flies solo. Trey and Charlotte do make an appearance, but that this was the most relatable thing I've ever seen. Trey and Charlotte do make an appearance, but they're so smitten with each other that Carrie can't really hang. She heads off for some celeb sighting, and her big run-in, however, is with Big. Turns out he's a gab head, too, and he and Carrie have some tense words with each other. There's definitely something still between them. And Samantha's really starting to freak out about her period. It's five days late. What if it never comes again? I'm in love with him. You're not in love with him. You're in love with the very expensive watch he gave you. Do you have another? Ladies, I am not Tampax Central. Put on list. Buy tampons. Well, I have them at home, but they won't fit in my Kate Spade purse. Wow. Kate must have a tiny vagina. <laughs> I think the watch is a sign that he's in love with me, too. Oh, he's not in love. He's in blue ball hell. Sometimes you just know. With the right match, it's fate. It's not fate. His light is on, that's all. What light? Men are like cabs. When they're available, their light goes on. They wake up one day and they decide they're ready to settle down, have babies, whatever, and they turn their light on. The next woman they pick up, boom, that's the one they'll marry. It's not fake. It's dumb luck. 
sorry. I refuse to believe that love is that random. Please, it's all about timing. You gotta get them when their light's on. Most men I meet are flashing yellows. Or <laughs> off duty. They can drive around for years picking up women and not be available. Then they really shouldn't be allowed to get behind the wheel. Most men don't stay lit long before they take the plunge versus most women who've been lit pretty much since birth. Mooch is to my last tampon. Are you packing? No, okay, I'm not. I don't have a tampon and I'll probably never need one again. <laughs> Simple no is good enough. I haven't had my period in 35 days. Are you... No, I'm not pregnant. I'm... I'm trying up. Oh, come on. You're overreacting. It was a stupid catalog. I'm day old bread. My time is up. Enjoy your flows. <laughs> I saw Jamie's I mean, face when Miranda was talking and she looked like she had smelled yesterday's diapers. Yeah. Well, I fucking fully 1000% agree with that diatribe. With what? The the lights on? With what? I think that one of the fundamental differences between men and women in dating, mm -hmm. which is why it's really hard for a lot of women to get their head around this, is... Come at me, women who disagree. That's fine. But this is Rose Cerno's opinion. Women <laughs> oh my God. want to be in relationships. They always do. They're ready. Every time they date somebody, they hope it turns into a relationship. Yeah. Fine if you don't agree. Men are the exact opposite. They never want to be in a relationship. They fucking fall in love and they're like, shit, now I have to do this. Mm -hmm. um, men are single when they want to be single. And a lot of times they're not married because they didn't, haven't made enough money yet. They had don't, sure. they feel like they haven't gotten there. A man could meet Julia Roberts from the nineties, Giselle Bunchen, cake, whatever, fill in the blank, um, fucking, you know, JLo. If they're not ready, it doesn't matter. Agreed. The second they're ready, it's the next woman in line. And oh. I do believe that's true. When a man decides I'm ready to be in a serious relationship and get married, it doesn't mean it. The, the next person they like that they want, not any old, old schmo off the street, but mm -hmm. a guy you could you could date a guy who was not ready to be in a relationship and you could totally internalize it and say, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not young enough. I'm not thin enough. But it actually has nothing to do with that. He's not ready. And then a year later, he could meet a different girl and be ready. And it wasn't about you versus sure, her. Sure, sure. I do think that men decide that they're ready and then things happen really quickly. Interesting. Yeah. I I agree with parts of that. I think that, yeah, I think the reason my face was kind of... Sour. Was, yeah, I, during that is because I think the cab metaphor, it was just the cab metaphor, honestly, that I was like, no, I, I understand why they used it and I get it. The light is on. But for some reason, it just bothered me. I don't know why. I was like, it just, again, it, I guess sort of my comment earlier about the like Kegel's conversation, it was kind of like a flippant way to talk I about it. it. Because I think it's really yeah. true. And I think, well, mm -hmm. sorry, no. I think the reason why it's important for women <laughs> <Whoa>. to, <laughs> wait, did I say no to you? Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I was trying to say no to me. Oh, no, no, no. Like, no, I won't interrupt. But then I just couldn't help myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm really sorry, Jamie. I That's didn't mean okay. no to you. Okay. I'm really embarrassed. I'm sorry. You're fine. Don't worry. Sorry, guys, this is our first fight of 2020. Oh, my God. All I want to say is the reason I think it's important for women to know this is because yeah. I so many times thought it was me. Yeah. But when a guy is closed for business, he truly is. Right. Well, I that part I understand. And I've definitely had those relationships. I think the only reason I don't know that it's a blanket statement and my and I think it's because I know that big comes up later in this episode. So that's where my writer brain is going. I think that big type guys are more like what 
they're describing the cab light is on. Yeah. And I think that there are guys who are like, well, fuck, I met a girl, I fell in love, and I'm ready to do this. I I don't think it's a blanket statement. Because, like, I've definitely, I've dated guys, yeah, I don't know. I, I know what you mean, though, because I think what you're saying is right, that it is more common that men have the light on situation than women because our lights are always on. But I do think there are exceptions to the rule, I guess, is my long-winded way of saying that. Absolutely. And I'm really sorry that I said no. You're I was fine. meaning to myself. No, I know. I'm horribly embarrassed that you think that Gross. I would ever. Uh, okay. Yeah. Trust me. I, I know. Well, I think that, yes, of course, there's exceptions. I think it's more like, for example, like a woman could have no job, be like living with her parents have like no idea what she wants to do with her life, be completely riddled with all this stuff. But if she meets a cool guy that she likes, she's like, let's be together. Of course. Whereas I think men feel much more like my ducks need to be in a row. I have to have something yes. to offer you, yes. et cetera. For example, like I've met guys who were like not long enough after their last relationship sure. to date and they truly we truly connected, but they're like, I am fully not ready. And I just think for most women, if they meet someone good, they're ready because they met someone good. Well, I think the thing that's being left out of this discussion is that guys do not have the same biological timeline that yes, women have. Agree, 100%. That is the crux of this discussion. I think that if we didn't have to think about yes. that, even if it's not conscious, even if it's not like, oh, I want a baby tomorrow. Yeah. E- even if it was like, I don't even want children. Honestly, yeah. even if I was just someone who was like, I don't even want children. I still think biologically we feel like we have an expiration date. Whereas That's men, true. I think they they are told by everybody, like you get better with age. You have all this time. Even like I was watching this documentary and it's talking about how like men's sperm doesn't really I don't know the word I'm trying. Like, it doesn't really depreciate over time quickly. That's mm-hmm. why men in their 60s can have babies. And, like, it's it's just a completely different beast. And I think the fact that that doesn't enter this conversation, I get it because they're trying to be lighthearted and they're, they have this whole cab metaphor allegory going on. But um, that, to me, is a really, really big piece of this. And I think that um, the conditioning for men is just so different than the conditioning for women. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's interesting because even hearing you say that you are deepening the discussion because they are saying and I was saying like women always want to be in a relationship. You're adding depth to it because what you're saying is it's not just because we want to do that. It's because that's number one, what we're socially trained to want. Yes. And that's why yes. our looks are so important and all this stuff. Yeah. And we are like biologically and socially trained to partner. Men are the exact opposite. And men have other pressures that we don't have. Like, yes, we personally want to be successful, but it's not the same. Like, men aren't like, oh, a girl needs to be rich for me to be attracted to her. That never happens the other way. The dynamics are so, there's so many different types of dynamics that come into play. Yeah, and I think lots of good guys, like, I... I, Oh, sure. I think lots of good guys are like, if they're not ready, they're not ready. And the only reason why I think it's worth hitting over the head so hard is because I know that there are women listening who, when they meet a nice guy who they did click with, yeah. who is not ready for whatever reason, they're, they don't like where they're at in their job and they don't feel like they have enough self-esteem. They are truly not over their ex. Yep. I just know that women so often do a, if I was better, they would be. Sure. And a lot of times it's just not the case. Like if somebody is just not ready, they just It's a great point aren't. to make. It's a great point to make. And I've definitely been in relationships that have ended because I guess he just wasn't ready to be in a relationship. And so. that's painful, but at least you can know that if somebody isn't, there's just, it's 
off because yeah, I used it's to be truly like out of your if control. I was smarter sure, or prettier or like better looking right. or whatever. Well, especially because then you'll like run into them a year later and it's like, oh, now they're in a relationship. Yeah, like, happened? why? Yeah. yeah, why couldn't it have been us? It was going so well. Like, it makes no sense, but it does make sense. And this conversation brings it to light. Yeah. And I also have a theory that another reason I think it takes men longer to get into a relationship. Mm-hmm. But once they're in, I think they have a lot harder of a time getting over a relationship. And I I think think that's very true. Women, when they get out of a breakup, whether they broke up or did whatever, wherever they're at, they just can bounce back easier. Oh, yeah. Men are like devastated for a long time. They're shook. Yes. They're shook. And I think, yeah, that I also have a philosophy on, which is that, you know, the hardship that they face is not as consistent as the hardship we face. So when something sort of blindsides them or even if it was they saw it coming, I think that the blows are always more devastating because life is easier for them. And they literally don't know how to handle it. And we're constantly facing rejection on a daily basis. I have that's a very interesting theory. I definitely think there's truth truth to that. I have a I have a companion theory. Yes. That women have so many people that they're emotionally close to that a boyfriend is just like <gasps> another I love person. That. That's a great companion theory. Thanks. That and is I think such an excellent point. For men, sometimes their girlfriends or wives or partners are the only person uh, they talk to. So when they lose you, they lost someone huge. You just lost like one of your 50 No, they people. lost like their friend, their mom, their therapist. Yeah, we just lost like somebody who we have to like beg to like take us out to dinner sometimes. Yep. Sorry, am I bitter? No, I, yeah, every time I ever <laughs> Can you talk, hear my jaded? Is it showing? Every time I talk about men, Men. Even when I just say the word men, I feel it's like, oh, men, can you even like I always feel like I'm like this 80s, 1980s comic with shoulder pads like I just. Yeah, but uh, we love you, Skylar. We love you, Skylar. You are the um, exception. to that Oh, role. I was going to say, actually. Yeah, I realized like because in my relationship with Dan, he I was ready to get engaged and I felt like he didn't want to get engaged yet because mm-hmm. he what, what you were saying about mm-hmm. the ducks in a row thing. Yeah, a lot of men are like that's that. That's very, very real. Yeah. Whereas we're like, okay, well, like we'll figure we're it out. in our early 30s and like let's we've been together a while. Like we should get engaged. Oh, I literally I, took his mom saying it. He was like, you guys should get engaged. And he was like, oh, yeah. No, men need to feel like providers. Yeah. I have a friend who lives with her boyfriend. They're very happy. They're obviously going to get married and have kids. And she's like, what are we waiting for? And he's like, I want to make more money. It's like, well. Who cares? Yeah. And she doesn't even care. It's like their own thing. It's their own thing. Yeah. Okay. So getting us back into the episode. Rose, so take it away. back at Miranda, Steve is deep into some Scooby-Doo. They really like hit his juvenile personality a little it's, hard sometimes. It's, it's pretty mean. I mean, they really. I feel Scooby-Doo? Like they, they pummel Steve in this episode. He's what like, he's say, just a Tyler? fucking child in this episode. And not only is it Scooby-Doo, but it's like he, when, when Miranda like starts to get into it with him, he's oh, like, I can't. this is a good one. He's like very familiar. He's <laughs> like, don't the, take this one from me, Miranda. The way he says it, he's like, oh, come on, Scooby-Doo. Like, it's just like the worst voice. Shit, you just ran by. I know. You're like, oh, Steve, can you just take it down a notch? Steve, I'm trying to be on your side, but yeah, you're, making you're making it, it really, really hard. hard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. So he's got Scooby-Doo playing too loud and Miranda's trying to focus on that would work. be a turnoff. Honestly, even if their relationship was good and he was like dying laughing at Scooby-Doo, I'd be like, we need to talk. Anyways. Even if it was a Saturday night and they didn't <laughs> totally. have anything to do. No. It would still like, can be we upsetting. watch anything else? Yeah. Even Animaniacs would have been better. He like turned. I like Animaniacs. It was amazing. 
Miranda, you gotta Tiny get over tunes? here. Who do you think did it, Miranda? I know. Oh, God. So silly. It's like, know your audience. You think Miranda gives a shit about Scooby-Doo? She's trying to be a lawyer. Like, leave her it's alone. It's like, put on Blue Planet and then watch Scooby-Doo on your headphones on your phone. Yes. Like, keep the like, magic like alive, a kid. Bitch. Again, like a kid. Like, a kid in a restaurant is how we have to treat Steve. Just Steve's, like, sitting on the couch. IPad. He's, like, reading Highlighter Magazine and, like, doing the crossword. <laughs> What a goofus and galan up to today. <laughs> oh, okay. Steve. Anyways, okay, continue. Is Steve <laughs> a full-grown man and wannabe parent in need of a parent? The way he's acting, Miranda thinks so, and she and Steve are on the rocks. Samantha figures, now that she's not the hot commodity she used to be, Len with the ponytail might be the best she can get. They have a depressing meal together, followed by some depressing sex. Well, depressing until Len looks down and sees that. Samantha's period did come after all. Yay! She's so happy she doesn't even care that her period blood ruined Len's $2,000 sheets. He's freaking out and it's super annoying. At her office, Miranda gets a call from Steve. He has an idea. Instead of a baby, they should get a dog. They meet up at a pet store and decide on a very cute black and white fluff ball that I totally forgot about in the show. So oh. cute. Such a cute little schmunky. Okay. Charlotte and Trey do a little more making out outside of her place. He tells her he loves her and she says it right back. She also pulls him inside her apartment for some hand stuff because they're still not having sex. This is so stupid. I Fucking know. Charlotte. That night. Also, Kyle McLaughlin is so good in this character. Oh, he's excellent. He's amazing. Yeah. His he's acting excellent. is so good. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. He's always so good. I, I love him. No, he's amazing. That night, Miranda and Steve's starter baby, the new dog, is a nightmare. A cute nightmare. It wakes her up at three in the morning and Steve is not prepared for what comes next. Okay, this is it. I am so sick of you being the kid here. I cannot be in charge all the time. We're supposed to be equals. Partners. You think we can have a baby? We can't even have a puppy together. We're just going through a rough patch here. This isn't a patch, Steve. This is it, all the time. And it's not good. Great, so you're just gonna give up on us just like that? Not just like that. I, I have been trying not to give up on us for a long time. It's nice. I'm just being honest. It was then that Miranda realized something. All this time, she thought the problem was her. It wasn't. It was them. And there was never a good time to say what she had to say. This isn't going to work, Steve. There's good stuff here. Not enough. Mm. A baby would have been a quick fix for something that can't be fixed. Because you don't want it to work. That is so unfair. I don't want to fight with you anymore. You think that I do? I don't know. Steve. I really tried. That night, Miranda lost her partner. You know what? Miranda is the best actor on the show. Oh, yeah. Well, I think she is. Dramatic actor, I would say. I think that Samantha is the best comedic actor. <sighs> Maybe you're right. It's tough. Yeah, you're right. It's tough to say. But I mean, I mean they're all great. But in that monologue, I, or in that scene, I was just listening. She's fabulous. And I'm like, she's no. You know, she was amazing. on. She was a Broadway actor yeah. before. I mean, she's yeah. so good. No, she's amazing. It's a really, really sad scene. Oh my god! When he says there's good stuff here, and she's like, not enough. 
it's so hard. Oh, you know what? Though? And the puppy crying in the background. It's I like know. it really make when you listen to it and you just listen to the audio. The puppy makes it so much more devastating. I know. Just the cries of this dog being like, "Mommy and Daddy, please stop fighting." Like it's so brutal. It's true. Whew. I think that it's an interesting scene because I I think in the past I've been a little harder on Miranda and been like, "She's ruining this" or "She's being difficult." But actually in the scene it's like makes you think I don't know. I know. Maybe it isn't her fault. Maybe it is just not working because Yeah. Him wanting a baby or a dog is totally fine if he was like, and I'm, uh, okay, so we got the dog. I know exactly how we're training it. We're putting it here. It's going to cry tonight. So I got you these headphones. It's like, sure, if you want to do that, do it. But then be thoughtful about the fact that this woman works 60 hours a week and makes a ton of money. And like, I just feel like he his heart is in the right place, but he's not. I know what you mean. Delivering sometimes. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. I've I've actually had a similar thought about having kids because like Dan and I, when we've talked about it, I'm very, contro- it, it makes me realize how controlling I am because I am very like Miranda. I'm like, whoa, how are we going to deal with this? And how are we going to deal with this? And what about this? And then, and Dan is very like, we would just figure it out. Like I, and I think that Steve is an exaggerated version of that. Like, I think that Steve is, I mean, he's being so immature in this episode. Like, everything is just like. not taking care of it. Yeah. And also, she's up for partner. So she might even have, it's it's not written this way, but if these were real people, a little bit of like an ego boost. Like, I'm on my way up. I'm about to transition into this higher role and make more money. And like, you're literally on the couch watching cartoons and like not taking care of the dog to the degree that I wish you would which I think is valid yeah which is valid and dog I mean when we got Dennis I was like oh this is kind of what it would be like like there was a it was a sample of it's huge it's so much work it is so especially when they're a puppy it's so much work like we would leave our friends houses like in the middle of parties to be like we have to like go take care of Dennis he shit all over himself like it was very baby adjacent Anyways, my point being that I I think that there's something sweet about how Steve is just like, we love each other. Why wouldn't we have a baby? Like, it would be cute. The way he's pitching it, it feels stressful for Miranda because she's like trying to apply logic to something that is quite illogical. Like, I think having kids, you have to sort of abandon logic to a degree because it's going to be so much chaos that you're inviting into your life and it's worth it. So you have to kind of just like trust that you'll adapt. And I do think that is sort of the underlying sentiment with Steve, even though his packaging is like a child saying he wants a child. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I also think when you were talking, it made me think about something that I've seen couples like this because not always, but oftentimes you know, there's a yin and yang couple. Sure. And somebody like Miranda, somebody who's very controlling, very ambitious, very type A, oftentimes needs a more relaxed person to Definitely. balance them out. And Definitely. I've seen that dynamic in many relationships. Yeah. there's It's not a problem. I think it makes, there's a lot of people who are very happy like that. The times that that can cause conflict is, that Miranda needs to be like with someone like that because otherwise she would just like become afraid right. wire and explode. Yes. But those are two very different ways of doing things. Yeah. And Steve's 
uh, what he brings to her, it's my theory that everyone's best qualities is also their worst qualities. His relaxedness, his go with the flow. That's yeah. why she loves him. Yeah. But it's also why she's irritated at him because as you're saying, it's like if one person is clearly the, the breadwinner, whether it's the man or the woman, doesn't really matter if you're in a you know gay relationship, whatever. It doesn't matter who it is. But there is this idea that the other person should be doing and I think that this is valid. Yeah. Like a little more of the housework, yes, a little yes, more yes, of the domestic yes, yes, stuff. Yes, of course. Taking care of it. Because then you're like, okay, well, I'm taking care of you in this way. You're taking care of me in this way. Great. Yes. And so I don't think it matters that she's making all this money and being partner. But if he wants to get a new dog, then he has to do take it care right. of it. And yeah. do it and so show that, that you can step up to this role. Yeah. And I know right. you're not type A, but be type A about this. Right. Totally. That's a great point. Yeah. And I think it was it's actually it's really beautiful that they had the dog example because I think that that would be the red flag because literally if they got a dog they are considering it like even if it's not written in the episode it's like well the reason they got a dog is like probably to see like could we could we do this like let's see how we raise a dog together and then they say in the breakup like we can't even raise a dog together and it's like yeah yeah and also it's like Steve's always in a good mood. I like know. nothing He's drags so him consistent. down. And that is a really nice person to be around. But his problem is that like if she's under the gun and she's like really stressed, he doesn't read the room and say, you know, I might be a little quiet tonight. Totally. Or maybe he's just doing his thing. And yeah, it's like, he's kind of this read like the room clunky. A yeah, he's just kind of like a clunky toddler. Just, yeah. Yeah, he can't. Yeah. It's get, like, a, get a handle on this. Yeah. And also like, yeah, he was like, I don't know. He kind of is like, oh, well, you don't believe in us. And it's like, well, you're not really honoring how hard she works and how much she has to consider. And she is, you know, you guys aren't married. She supports both of you pretty much. Like, that's a lot on her plate. Yes, and exactly. it's a lot of pressure. And yeah. So anyways. Okay. Well, after the breakup, Miranda does make partner. Sorry, Scoob. And sorry, Steve. Back at her place, Carrie's all Carrie had a really weak storyline in this episode. Yeah. It was like a barely a story. But we're gearing up for, for some an unbelievable juice. episode. Carrie's all set for another night in with Aiden. But before they can get down to it, she spies a voicemail on her answering machine. Oh, miss them. Uh, Those were the days. I know. So fun. She starts to listen, but rushes to pause it when she recognizes the voice. It's Big. Mm. Aiden runs out for more coffee filters, and all of a sudden she gets a knock. There's Big again in the flesh. He's all shaken up from their gab encounter, and while Carrie manages to shut the door on him, she's got to admit she's shaken up too. The episode closes with the endless series question. Mm. Let's say it together. Big Big or Aiden. Oh my God. Mamma mia. Ugh, okay, so that brings us to the question of the episode. That night I couldn't stop thinking about time. Was every second of our lives controlled by fate? Or is life just a series of random occurrences? If I wasn't perpetually 10 minutes late, would my life be totally different? Would I never run into Big? And would there ever be a good time to see him? Was Miranda right? Is timing everything? Hmm. What do you think, Jamers? I don't know. What do you think? For me, yes. I mean, I can think of one guy in particular who I went on a couple dates with who, like, who fucking knows what would have happened. But I just had the most insane amount of chemistry with him. This was, like, a year or so ago. I don't even remember exactly. Mm. But he had just oh god gotten out of yeah. a 14 year marriage wow 
And he was just so fresh. He hadn't even gotten divorced yet. He was still like being like my wife. And I'd be like, what? And he's like, sorry, my ex, technically we're not, whatever. But the connection was like unbelievable. Like we just liked each other so much. But he was like, I don't even know who I am by myself anymore. It was like the timing was everything. Yeah, We had an amazing connection. We were so attracted to each other. I thought he was incredible, but there was nothing I could do. Yeah, Like I was coming in two months out of after a 14 year relationship. So for me, I have been on the side of timing is everything. I think that both things are true. I think timing is everything. And I do think life is a series of random occurrences. I think that how can you not acknowledge that timing plays a part, especially when we're talking about like relationships and lining up with someone it's, it's all timing. Yeah. Lining up with someone who also is even just single, like you're both single at the same time. That's timing. Right. If it works out, that's time. Like being equipped to actually keep going in the relationship, that's timing. Like, I don't know. I just, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's pretty clear that timing is a huge part of relationships. Yeah. I mean, I think to Carrie's point, it's like, I think timing is everything in a relationship because guess what? If somebody really hurts you and disappoints you too many times and you can't recover and then they go off and get better, it could be too late. Like there are, there are like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Timing is everything guys. I agree. It's just true. So we're at the last segment I'm horny for. So Sex and the City is obviously a very horny show. And we end each episode by sharing what we're currently currently horny for. Jamie, what are you horny for right now? Um, I am horny for two new beauty products Hmm. uh, that I have discovered recently. One is... I, I don't I feel weird like shouting them out because I'm like they don't sponsor the podcast okay, but shout who, them maybe out. they will after this um the first one is this product called future dew and it's by glossier and it is like an oil-based serum and you can add it to your foundation and it just makes your foundation kind of turn into a CC cream essentially and you can also add it to your cheekbones and stuff for like extra moisture and highlighting big fan and the second one, Skylar picked up for me today. Thank you, Skylar. Um, is uh, it's by Chanel. I've never used Chanel beauty products. I actually always thought they were like for like older women. Like, yeah, my grandma always wore yeah, Chanel I, perfume. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was like, oh, I don't really. But anyways, this they have this one product that's incredible called Bomb Essential, and it it's basically transparent. It has a little bit of whatever metallic shimmer, um, but it is. It's just like adding dew to your face. And we were talking about aging and it's like as you get older, you your skin gets drier and you just want to feel like moisturized and slathered in creams at all time. And this is one that you can actually wear over your makeup. Mm. And I put it on my cheekbones. It's like a cool highlighter, Um, but you can also use it as a lip gloss. You can put it under your eyes. It's truly for like any part of your body that needs moisture, and it's amazing. So bomb essential. Car if you're low on oil. Yes, just yes, exactly. Oh yeah, rub it on there. Yes, oil for your veggies. Totally. Um, yeah, it's it's just like a real catch all. And I'm a big fan. So Future Do by Glossier and uh, Bomb Essential by Chanel. Both are excellent. And what if are you, you ever don't, you know, if you don't catch what Jamie says, we always have it in our Instagram post. Oh, which yes. Is at C-H-B-W pod pod. pod. So, yeah, at C-H-B. 
BW and pod. we yeah um and Skylar handles our social media and he always does a really good job of like posting our horny fours so yeah if you ever missed anything it's yeah, definitely follow. it's definitely in there it's worth a follow it's worth a follow yeah Rose what are you horny for okay my horny for this week is the concept of flow. Yeah, my therapist and I were talking about it. Um, there's a book that I will not send. Not periods. Not what Charlotte calls a period. No, but that is cool that that I is I know, it. it ties in. There's this um, Eastern European author and psychologist who has written all of the best-selling books on flow, and I just bought two of them. But basically, they're kind of like self-help happiness books that, that essentially this um, psychologist did all this research to be like, you know, there's all these studies that like, how much money you have, you know, youth, like none of that stuff makes people happy. Like what does actually make people happy? And it's being in a state of flow <gasps> where you're totally focused on something and you're not thinking about anything else. Love. Like time and the rest of the world just goes away. Love. And you're just like wholeheartedly <gasps> doing something. Oh, I have to read these books. Yeah, they're really great. And it, he talks a lot about how like, um, how like the things that make us the most happy are things that we like have worked really hard for and feel really satisfying, whether it's relationships or projects or whatever. And so being really, um, the brain has a negativity bias. So if you do something that you don't really like to do, like say you have a job you don't really like and you're just sitting at work and your brain is just spacing out because you don't want to concentrate, your brain will naturally space out to why am I like this? Other people are better. Look at this. Da, da, da. That's where your brain goes. But if you're doing something you love, for example, swimming or painting or writing songs or whatever it is that you like to do and you love it, you like forget about time. And mm. that's when people are at their happiest. So then the reason that it's good to study flow is it just really makes you reevaluate yourself and think like, what is it that I do that makes me the most like everything else falls away? Like it's mm. just how can I live my life in flow as much as possible? Like and even if you right now have a job you don't love or something, even if you can say like for one hour a day, I'm going to be in flow like. Oh, love that. Yeah. So it's a cool it's a cool concept. I want to cool read book. about it. Yeah. He has a good TED talk. Oh, great. OK, well, guys, that's our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks. And uh, see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod. And follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at The Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you're nasty, it helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. And mastered by Anna Rubinova. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Pew, pew, pew.